Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my um, second cup of coffee. And if you're on video, you will see that it is Starbucks holiday cup coffee. So numb. Today is Tuesday, December 20th. Uh, coming down to the end of 2022, amazingly enough. And this is actually my third podcast recording of the day. I did my first one and it was a little vague anyway. And then I accident, I kept pausing and I accidentally hit stop and I cannot freaking figure out how to do an easy way of merging the recordings together. So I finally decided rather than, you know, when you figure out the time investment on these things, it's like rather than fuck around with trying to edit them together. I could just do another 20 minutes minus and re-record and probably take me the same amount of time. So that's what we're doing. I've already been out and about today. We uh, ran down to pick up my car. Uh, the Jag is fixed. Yay. Uh, I was sad missing it. Um, and it was kind of for a dumb thing. I think I didn't mention, but the, so, so my car is old. <laughs> it's a, it's a 96 Jaguar XJS convertible. Love my car. People keep saying, you know, Jackie, you should get a newer car. It's like, I love my car. I don't want to give up my car. And I kind of love taking it to a mechanic like this because they're like, Oh, that's a nice car. And Oh yeah, that's, that's in great shape and all this. They're like the only people who love my car as much as me. So what had happened was the driver's side seatbelt buckle had come loose from the bracket and it was only hanging on, on by a cable. So it was technically drivable, but if I'd gotten in a wreck, I would have had like no seatbelt. And I thought that I would be really sad if I killed myself that way. <laughs> So, um, my regular mechanic had tried to fix it and it was just too esoteric for him. He spent a couple hours. He said he thought what he needed to do was take the seat out to get down in there and, you know, attach it again. So the upshot is, is I'd left it there, um, before Thanksgiving and, um, I haven't really been driving it since I like up to the grocery store, maybe if we were kind of desperate, but we were down to one car, which is. I feel good for us character wise, uh, but it's nice to have two cars again. And I'm very happy to have my car working again, but had to take it to the uh, more exotic car people uh, in town, all the way in town, 20 minutes away. And, uh, but they fixed it and it only cost me $150. <laughs> what, you know, and he said, yeah, they had to take the seat out in order to get in there, but now it's working again. So great. So, and because we're in town, we stopped at Starbucks. So, so yeah, now I'm hyped up on sugar and caffeine, which is probably better than my earlier somewhat vague podcast anyway. Uh, yesterday was a good writing day. I uh, got like 1700 words, which is still, you know, not up where I want to be, but at least I'm getting back into the flow. I'm ramping up again, getting that training into place. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Robson and I report word counts to each other because she's working on a novel for the first time in her life. So that's exciting. And uh, 
and she said, oh, that's an impressive word count. And it is. It's the best I've done in one day in weeks. And <laughs> she says, um, she said, yeah, you got your flow back just in time to stop for Christmas. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, honey. But it's true. Hopefully I can keep it going. Keep this momentum. Um, but I've been mulling a lot. And those of you who listen regularly know that this has been on my mind, maybe because it's year end, looking at those numbers, um, a natural time for reflection, planning my goals for the next year. What do I want to accomplish? I was in a chat recently where somebody said, um, you know, well, for each of you, what is, what is going to be your main push for the next year? And I was glad it never came around to me because I was like, I don't know what my main push for next year is. Uh, you know, Grace Draven, my bestie, and I usually come up with a word for the coming year. And um, we're not doing it this year because for her, 2022 was such a terrible year. I think, I suspect her word for 2023 is going to be like, recover. Uh, so, you know, and that's not really compatible with pushing. And I've been thinking about this whole thing about like, when do you push and when do you pull back? And I haven't gone back and listened to my podcast recordings from the end of last year. And I feel like I need to do that because I know that I am much less stressed this year than last. And I know that I made a conscious effort last year. Let's see if I can pause without stopping. I kind of begrudged the time to revisit, but I think at the beginning of the year, I scaled back and reframed my word count goal to 2000 words a day. Cause I figured that's more what I was actually doing. Uh, and I think, um, at some point Megan Sienna Deutsch had commented that she usually, you know, aims for higher word counts and then is happy with what she, what her average comes out as. And so I'm torn on this. Um, I remembered that last year I was reading that book, um, unlocking the stress cycle and that that did really help. And I am much less stressed this year. There are a lot of factors there and, but that's made a big difference, but and this is something that comes out in the Tao Te Ching a lot. And I've been thinking about um, Taoism quite a bit. I did find my copy of the Tao Te Ching that I was looking for. Uh, it was actually filed on the bookshelf where it was supposed to be, so I can't blame the cleaning ladies. I had just simply put it back where it belonged. And so now I have withdrawn my copies. And I want to talk about it a little bit. I realize that not all of you are here for Taoist philosophy. But, you know, you get what you get over your cup of coffee. So one of the things that the Tao Te Ching talks about a whole lot is um, not desiring. Um, the, the idea of being with the Tao so that you don't try to push things. Um, at the same time, I think that this... This gets confused a lot because the whole problem with taking something that is a Chinese philosophy that is almost wordless to begin with, that was originally put into words by Lao Tzu, who uh, put it in poetic form, 
in small sutras so that they're almost like parables, but they're even less clear than parables. So it makes this very inaccessible to people because you have, first of all, it's wordless, an attempt to put the wordless into lyrical form, which was in Chinese, which is then translated into English. And a lot of people bounce off of it. And it does take contemplation and study. And a lot of it is like speaking subconsciously. And I do want to talk a little bit about translations, but I'll stay on this topic for a moment because when the Tao Te Ching talks about not desiring, this is really not a great translation because it means not grasping, but it doesn't mean don't be intense. Um, it doesn't mean don't be passionate, right? So this is something that I'm, I think is going to be a forever push pull for me and maybe for all human beings is this, when do you pile on what you're trying to do, increase the intensity? And maybe the answer is being one with the down. When do you back off? Um, do you do both at the same time? It's, it's an interesting conundrum. So let's talk translations. When I was in Kauai, I think I mentioned this already. There was a gal there who is a practicing Buddhist. And I, I knew from our mutual friend that she was, she hadn't said anything. And I said, oh, well, you know, uh, Alex mentioned to me that, that you're a Buddhist and she, and I, and because he thought I'd be interested since I'm a Taoist. And she said, I don't think I've ever met a Taoist before. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, we're not thick on the ground. And also we're not obvious because we, we don't have churches or temples or organizations. Um, we're a bit like the anarchists, right? That, you know, I always think of that far side cartoon of the, you know, like the annual convention of the anarchists, the big banner up there and there's nobody in the room. That's kind of the Taoists. So she was asking me a couple of questions because um, she said she had been reading the Stephen Mitchell uh, translation. And she asked me on this, we're, we're coming back from this beautiful secret beach on the shuttle bus and we're pleasantly tired and all of this. And she said, well, can I ask you a question? I said, of course. And she said, so when, when it says the master, who is that referring to? And so I'm going to, to read this to you. Um, the Stephen Mitchell translation, he was a poet, maybe is a poet, I'm not sure if he's still around. This is from 88. So here's, this is a good uh, sutra, number 12. This is the Mitchell translation. He says, colors blind to the eye, sounds deafen the ear, flavors numb the taste, thoughts weaken the mind, desires wither the heart. The master observes the world, but trusts his inner vision. He allows things to come and go. His heart is open as the sky. So this is where she was seeing master. And what's interesting is in other translations, they do not say master. And so I explained to her that basically they mean the person who is um, one with the Tao, who has mastered the Tao. Um, to give you a sense of these other translations, this is another one. This is um, a very famous one. If you're on video, it's 
it's like that I don't even know what size you call this it's bigger than trade paperback it has the black and white cover somewhat abstract um, and it's the translation by Jafu Feng I don't know if I'm saying that right and Jane English um, and it's a better translation I think than the Mitchell one it's really pretty if you're on video you could see that it's got the pretty images and stuff Okay, I, <laughs> I am having such technical difficulties today. I did not unpause, and now I'm not sure where I didn't. So I'm going to go back and do these really quick. I'm sorry if this is repeat. Um, yeah, all right. Here's the Mitchell version. Colors blind the eye, sounds deafen the ear, flavors numb the taste, thoughts weaken the mind, desires wither the heart. The master observes the world but trusts his inner vision he allows things to come and go. His heart is open as the sky. So when my friend, and I hope all this got in there, uh, the Buddhist asked me what the Tao Te Ching meant by master. This is the translation she was looking at. And master means the person who has supposedly mastered the Tao, which is, if you understand Taoism, uh, saying that you've mastered it, has a great deal of internal conflict there because the whole point is to be with it, not to master it. Right. All right. So in the exact same sutra in the Jiafeng Fu, Fu Feng, sorry, Jia Fu Feng and Jane English version, which we usually just refer to as Jane English for better or worse. The five colors blind the eye, the five tones deafen the ear, the five flavors dull the taste. Racing and hunting madden the mind, precious things lead one astray. Therefore the sage is guided by what he feels and not by what he sees. He lets go of that and chooses this. So this is interesting if you compare it to the Mitchell version. Um, where Mitchell says thoughts weaken the mind in the Jane English version, they say racing and hunting madden the mind. Big difference, right? Much more specific. Uh, where Mitchell says desires wither the heart, Jane English says precious things lead one astray. So it's different, right? So sorry if this is repeat, but it does bear revisiting. So, um, and I think it's interesting that Mitchell ends with this, his heart is open as the sky, whereas this version says he lets go of that and chooses this and stops there. So, so does the Ursula Le Guin version. So Ursula Le Guin did a translation of the Tao Te Ching that I really enjoy. And it's cool because in some places she adds a bit of commentary too. So this is Ursula Le Guin's translation. The five colors blind our eyes. The five notes deafen our ears. The five flavors dull our taste. Racing, chasing, hunting drives people crazy. Trying to get rich ties people in knots. So the wise soul watches with the inner, not the outward eye. Letting that go, keeping this. Again, no open sky. And we have three different translations. Mitchell says master. Jane English says sage. Ursula Le Guin says either, uh, says wise soul. All very interesting, right? 
And so all of this is sort of embracing this idea of, you know, I like the translation of the racing and hunting. It's the, the chasing the adrenaline, tracing the excitement is, um, you know, always looking for that stimulation maddens the mind as opposed to turning the eye inward. Um, but what does that mean for accomplishment, right? Trying to get rich ties people in knots. Uh, it's how Le Guin put it. Let's see what the Jane English version said. Precious things lead one astray. Uh, Mitchell says desires wither the heart, which is even more vague, right? That's what gets really difficult when people are like desires, how do desires wither the heart? But it's that trying to get rich. It's, um, you know, you go back to that biblical, it's not, um, money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. It's that trying to, to accumulate money to get rich. That's difficult. So I think for me, as I'm looking forward at the next year and the things that I want to accomplish, I want to think more in terms of um, things I want to implement rather than in terms of trying to get rich, trying to get the precious things, right? Um, there are a couple things that have been floating down my list for a long time. I'd like to get together that book about writing sex scenes. I would like to get together... Um, Finally, after a couple of years, I think it's been floating down my list, a series of online workshops that I can teach. Uh, yeah, and I want to be thinking, about, I've got my little note here, you know, like the difference between stress and intensity, that it's possible to be intensely pursuing something without stressing about it. Uh, that it's not the desire in itself that is problematic. It's what comes along with it. So those are my thoughts for the day. Um, I am going to be out for the rest of the week, spending Christmas with family. Next podcast will be on the 27th, Tuesday. And uh, I'll have a new kitten to show you all that day. So that'll be exciting. So hope you all have fabulous holidays. If you celebrate, I know it's Hanukkah as well. Um, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, something, nothing, I hope that, uh, this sort of more relaxed and reflective time of year, uh, works well for you. Tomorrow is the solstice, the year turning around, uh, longest night, whether you hold vigil all night to the God of Judaism and celibacy, or whether you are Phaedra and go to the, uh, the sex party. I hope it's all great for you. So I will talk to you all next week. You all take care. Happy holidays. Bye-bye.